The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Alex, what do we do all of this for? The fans? Exactly. The fans. So in this case, we mean the fans from Fanimation Ceiling Fans. It has been hot this summer, and who couldn't use a new fan in their place? I know I could. Fanimation is a family-owned business. They're a leader in the ceiling fan industry with a wide selection of high-quality, versatile, and customizable fans. Their fans are sold across the USA and around the world, but their headquarters are right here in Indiana. Go to Fanimation.com to find out where you can get your very own Fanimation fan today. This is Off Track with Inch and Rossi. Hello and welcome uh, to a very special edition of Off Track with a victim and two burglars. Uh, uh, James, I can't really hear you very well. Can you make yeah, sure? Yeah, you sound a little weird. In? Yeah. Oh, weird. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, my microphone uh, that I normally use to record this podcast has gone has gone missing. And what's even weirder is that as I look at the two of you on video right now, you both have the exact same microphone as me. Does it sound like he's trying to make excuses for losing his microphone to you? So here's here's the thing. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. This microphone um, did appear in my house, uh, and I don't know where it came from, but I promise you, James, I didn't steal it. So, I mean, I think the obvious situation is Tim stole it from your house. And I, gifted it to me. I, I bought I bought that microphone for you, Alex. You're welcome. Okay, so I had the microphone. Tim, you <laughs> used it and liked it, and then bought your own. And then somewhere around the time that mine went missing, one showed up on Alex's countertop without his knowledge. I don't know how I'm getting blamed for a microphone showing up at somebody else's house. Well, because uh, it's not just that; it's how you got it in the first place by removing it from somebody else's house. No, seriously, I don't know. do you have the receipt of the, the I alleged microphones you purchased? I will purchased? send you the receipts that I, I have because they're on Amazon. So I will send you the receipts that I have. Huh. Oh, All right, well, I want to see maybe two you're just purchases. But like, how do you lose a microphone? I don't. I don't know, James. This, how do you lose a microphone? The same reason that you don't know how to log into Skype on a laptop. Yeah, the same we reason not, we're, we're recording thirty minutes after we were supposed to start. Twenty nine. <laughs> we do not have enough time in this episode to go over how bad I am at logging into stuff. Well, we it's could a, have had enough thing. time on this episode had you logged <laughs> in on time. Well, I wouldn't have had to log in on this computer if I had had my normal microphone that you stole. All Tim, right. I think what anyway. I think what basically it boils down to is you need to buy James a new microphone. <laughs> apparently, apparently that's what has to yeah. happen. And uh, stop or, stealing stuff. Can I have my credit or, card number back? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Or yeah. you can just show me a picture of my basement 
where we normally have the microphone set up when we record and draw a bunch of yellow squiggly lines to prove that you didn't do it. I, this, you know, that is how people get out and, and, and justify their actions these days. That is, that's it. That's evidence now. Yeah. That's, that's admissible in court. It is, it is, um, markup on iPhone and you can draw dotted yellow lines and prove your innocence. So that's uh that's new yeah. welcome to 2019 everyone man I, I feel like i feel like the oj trial would have been a lot shorter if he had just been able to do that well i know i know okay now obviously we're, we're referencing everything with uh pocono but i mean a lot's been said about it do you guys have anything else you want to add on it i mean because it, it collected both of you guys in, in the first lab I, mean, I don't know if you I, remember you know, i i you know, I think it's 100% Takuma's fault, but I also think it's funny to blame Ryan. I mean, the amount of people that blame Ryan. I just kind of got on that bandwagon because I was like, that's funny, and I like to find one thing a weekend that pisses Ryan off. So every weekend in, in, or every time I could in St. Louis, I was like, hey, man, just make sure when you're out there you're not turning into people. And he uh, gets all riled up and, and doesn't love it. So, so um, originally I was gonna I was gonna not back Alex in that endeavor because you know why just make Ryan angry for no reason? But then he went out and turned into me in Gateway, and so I'm all for it. I, I now believe that he also caused the Pocono crash for sure. Yeah, I mean, sounds about right. It's undisputable. It's funny though. It actually the whole thing the whole thing actually brought up a an interesting conversation. Where so by the by the rules and the, the the contract that NBC has with IndyCar, they own all the on-track video, and so every car now has an onboard camera, which we put on for mainly officiating purposes, but um, can be used for you know the, the the teams can use the footage as well. But for thirty days after the event, you cannot post it anywhere. It is it is solely owned by NBC. So obviously there were some drivers uh, that posted footage from their onboards. Takuma. The day of or the day after, you know, I'm not naming names. Yeah, um, yeah which it's which definitely Takuma. It got us all in trouble. <laughs> but what I what I think is interesting is like by being able to post those pictures or videos or whatever, that conversation really took off online and you know kept IndyCar in the conversation, you know, in social media. I think for a longer time than if we weren't able to share that stuff. So it's an interesting sort of balance. Which for sure. It, and, and it brings up one of my favorite uh, Will Power quotes when he won the 500. He was like, thank you to all my fans for all your support after all of these years and us trying to win this race, et cetera, et cetera. And also thank you to all the people who hate me and make it so clear their dislike for him. Because um, that's when you know that you know there's, there's, there's polarity in, in the series, which is a good thing, right? It means people have their favorites. They have their, their, their arch nemesis or whatever. So I think it's... Uh, it's a relevant thing. It's something that's important. Um, but on that topic, people on the internet are not only idiots because they tell me what name I should go by, but they're also <laughs> incredibly mean. Like, <laughs> Twitter's a horrible place. Yeah, no, it's it's gotten pretty bad. It's it's pretty much pretty much the armpit of Earth, armpit of society. I armpit think. of of the internet for sure. And yeah, if you're on Twitter, you should follow us at Ask Off Track. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Tim runs that account, so hence the armpit of the internet. Exactly. Yeah, and it's funny though, man. I mean, like, but what it does show, and like, rightly or wrongly, whether you whether you enjoy it or hate it or whatever, but it shows passion, right? Like to right. to get well, that, that's on. My point. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it kind of carries off your point. So to get on the internet and tweet at people you've never met, you know nothing about. 
about a sport that you may or may not casually follow from a distance and give like such vile and, and hate-filled opinions, I don't endorse that at all. But the fact that they're passionate enough to get involved in the conversation like that, I mean, it's, it's good to have fans that care, you know? Yeah, yes. no, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, no, for, I mean, to, to just, you know, close the loop on Pocono, you know, I think it uh, it's it's something that is a shame for the track. You know, I think there's a lot of, you know, opinions about whether or not IndyCar should go there or, or all of these things with everything that's happened in the past five years. But at the end of the day, you know, Pocono as, as, as a racetrack and a facility and the people that, that run it, you know, do a really good job. They're passionate about IndyCar. Um, you know, they, they appreciate the, the kind of amazing visual aspect that IndyCars are at Pocono. And, you know, we're not in a position to, to necessarily um, lose races. So if, if that were to be the case, um, you know, it's a disappointing thing. But at the end of the day, you know, I think that there's, uh, we, we need to remember Pocono or try to remember Pocono for, for some of the positive uh, aspects that went down at that track because there's a lot of a lot of history there for sure and i mean you you really know that the the team there does do an incredible job they're one of the most fun groups to work with they really understand indycar racing and indycar fans and it really was getting some traction you know i would say the crowd this year was the biggest we've had since we went back in you know 13 whatever it was um so I, you know in a lot of ways it would be unfortunate uh because yeah some some things have happened there that could have happened anywhere and it's sort of given it a bit of a bad uh bad reputation it's i mean i'd be lying if i said it's my favorite track to go drive um but you know it's it's challenging and we need challenging racetracks yeah but you know i you like barber so your your definition <laughs> of good tracks is i don't really trust that opinion a whole lot i mean you know i think if you if you Telling the group, Barbara would rate up there as, as, a, as a popular one. I think you're in the minority on that one, Alex. Oh, well, maybe one day if I'm, you know, good there, I might like it. <laughs> yeah, we get it. You won at Pocono. We all understand. Yeah, Pocono's cool. Um, all right, so that's Pocono. So, uh, yeah, you guys got Sato'd there, and then, uh, yeah. and then St. And then, Louis. And then, and then James, Ryan, and myself... Almost got sautéed in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you know Karma got him and he won. So yeah, <laughs> it's funny how the old been, world works, isn't it? <laughs> he may he may have been twenty second and two laps down, but he came back and won the race. Yeah, just put a little salt in those wounds. You know what though? At the end of the day, man, it just shows how awesomely unpredictable IndyCar racing can be, and and it, it really isn't over till the fat lady sings. I mean. That race was like a pretty decent race anyway. There were there were lead changes. There were different leaders. Um, you know, not a not a ton of passing, but there was more passing than we've seen there in the past. And it all it all was for naught because at the end of the day, the way the yellows flew and the fuel saving game, like that's part of IndyCar racing, love it or hate it. And uh, and I think it keeps it exciting. And yeah, I mean, fine, doesn't matter who won, uh, but how they won, I thought was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. it was it was it was okay. I mean, whatever. I don't, <laughs> I don't really. Yeah, no, much. I didn't. Much more it didn't look out great that. for you and I. I mean, the stellar twelfth and thirteenth place finishes don't really look good for us. But I mean, hey, at least off track stuck together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. I, I did get a, nervous when you guys were racing night. together. I was like, oh man, this is going to be an awkward episode if they wreck each other out here. <laughs> and, I mean, it's going to happen eventually, and it's going to be a funny episode. <laughs> Well, it's like that time James blocked me in qualifying at Road America, and it was just unbelievably 
un, like unnecessary and inappropriate and like oh he didn't have shift <laughs> lights oh i'm sorry does that mean you can't be full throttle on the straightaway because you don't have lights are it you was not? like that time in road america when my car broke and i was along for the ride and alex thinks that i was intentionally holding him up sounds about uh, right he enjoys the last episode of off track with engine rossi here's the secret <laughs> i was holding him up um if it fits the last episode does that mean you won't be a part of it anymore <laughs> Thank God for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how much happier we'd all be as people if this just stopped happening every other week. Well, so, at least we don't uh, make money with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> at least uh, it's a drain guys. on our time with people we don't like, but at least we don't make money at it. Guys, there's two There's two races left. Like I, can't, I can't believe... I can't fathom how that. fast this season's gone, man. It's it's just amazing how like it, it seemed. Goes. It seemed like it took forever to get to May, and then once we got through the month of May, it's like over. That's kind of always the way, though. Like May is so busy, and then leads into that crazy stretch straight to doubleheader in Detroit, straight to Texas, one weekend off, and then straight to like two more races. Like it's it's such a busy part of the year. Once once we hit the track in May. And uh, it, it does. You get to this point of the season. Like, we'll finish Portland, have two weeks break, which will kind of be the second big break that we've had in the whole season. And and then and then we're done. But we're, we're so flat out between, you know, those times in between. But it's crazy because, like, I still want to add races. There's places that I want to go and tracks I want to race for at. For sure. For sure. But I, I don't know how and where to put them in the schedule because we're running out of weekends. I mean, it's pretty easy. Like... You know, there's those times in, you know, February, those times in October, yeah, October November. Sure. There's a lot of times. What's one track you would love to add tomorrow? Oh, we should go back to Watkins, I think. Again, picking a track you've done exceptionally well at, but okay. Okay, <laughs> fine. Cool. Yeah. I didn't... No, I'm with you. Yeah. Watkins was an awesome track. That was a really fun track for us and can be a really great event uh, if the timing works. Um, I'd love to see another mile and a half. I'd love to see like a Chicago or a Kentucky come back. Uh, those were always well i've never just, raced at those so i can't i can't really say yeah no i know i'm i'm throwing that out there though as uh as once you let me i know how much you like texas oh, i dislike that a whole lot <laughs> <laughs> texas is oh my goodness um we don't need oh. to talk about texas let's just be <laughs> let's just be happy we only go there once and they got rid of phoenix as well so um you know, we're getting there. What about what about Texas pre-paved job? No. Okay. Well, better. Yeah, in last better. For you. Better. My favorite thing I've ever seen, I think one of my favorite things on the internet this year, um, was, you know, Texas was, like, throwing shade uh, to Kyle Larson at a race or something. And Ganassi responded with, oh, you're one to talk. Remember that time you ruined a perfectly good racetrack or something like that? No was, way. Amazing. Yes, that's hilarious. What were they? What were they throwing shade at Kyle about? Like he took out a couple people. It was at the beginning of the year, um, and they were just like basically equivalent, like comparing him to a bowling ball type thing, um, or Takuma Sato, like one or the other. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm, see, I'm guys, glad to see Rossi you got over. He's not one yeah. to hold a grudge. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hold grudges a lot, mostly because I don't like people. <clears throat> uh, you don't like people, but you love sharing your computer screen sometimes with Tim and I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Man, it gives you a really interesting glimpse into the, the life and times of Alexander Rossi, people, let me tell you. Yeah, no, that's just my homepage. <laughs> I didn't type that in, I just opened Safari. <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Oh, man. So which of the two remaining races are you more looking forward to? I'm going to answer for you. You're going to say Portland because you probably should have won that race last year, even though Takuma did. Um, no, man. Honestly, I'm looking forward to Laguna. I mean, I, I, I think Portland's awesome, but... Um, you know, Laguna is one of those tracks that it's in my mind, I compare it to Monaco, right? Like I think it's an absolute blast to drive. It's amazing to go out there and like qualifying and try and put in an ultimate lap and hang it out there. And it penalizes mistakes. And I, I, from that standpoint, I think it's, it's phenomenal. Um, super concerned about it from a racing standpoint. Uh, but that'll, that'll be the same for everyone. Um, but yeah, man, it's, I, I'm just happy to have another race in, in California in Northern California, which is home for me. Um, Laguna is where I kind of begun my racing career in Skip Barber at, at the kind of Skip Barber racing school that existed at Laguna. So I'm super excited for that one. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's one of the most iconic tracks in the world. I mean, I think as far as road courses go in, in North America, it's probably the most famous and, and most sure. known worldwide. The corkscrew is one of the most famous corners in racing. Um, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's such a fun track to drive. I worry a little bit about how it's going to race, but, um, you know, if we have tires that are a big difference between reds and blacks and, you know, have a decent amount of degradation and make us have to hold on at the end of the stint, then it could be very good. I mean, we all showed up to Barber thinking it was going to be the worst racetrack for our cars. And year after year, we have an action-packed race, tons of passing, a lot of uh, a lot of excitement. So until sure. we get there and do it, we won't know. But I'm with you. I'm, I'm very excited about that one as well. And uh, well, while you guys were racing in St. Louis, there was another bit of a small news uh, for Indianapolis. Uh, which I want to talk to you guys about, but before we get to that. James, have you checked out Fanimation.com yet? <laughs> have I? Ye- yes, I have. This site is amazing. With Fanimation's easy-to-navigate website, you can find the perfect fan for your home. I mean, they're sleek, they're stylish, and most importantly, they work. Fanimation focuses on fit, form, and function to make the perfect fan for your needs. Which is a big deal when we're in the middle of a summer this hot. Not only can you browse their amazing models, Fanimation.com can tell you where to buy. And with FanSync, once you get your fan, you can control your fans from your smartphone. I mean, I love a smart home. We all know that you could use a smart home. So the ability to control my fan by either Wi-Fi or Bluetooth is a game changer. I mean, anyone who knows me knows I'm a fan of fans, which makes Fanimation's Antique Fan Museum in Zionsville a must-see. I mean, who isn't a fan of fans? Fanimation is a family-owned business. They're a leader in the ceiling fan industry with a wide selection of high-quality, versatile, and customizable fans. Fanimation fans are sold across the USA and around the world, but their headquarters is right here in Indiana. Go to Fanimation.com to find out where you can get your very own Fanimation fan today. Okay, Tim, you, you brought up uh, something pretty interesting. Obviously, Andrew Luck, Indianapolis Colts, uh, he announces his retirement from the NFL. Um, 
two two things I well first of all I've had the the privilege of meeting Andrew a couple of times and he's a, probably the most intelligent human being that I've ever met yes more than you Tim um, <laughs> and, and like the nicest and and like the nicest and just like the, he's like the nicest guy just you could a, possibly meet. generally like a really good human being um, yeah he, he's a beauty and and so for for all of that. I want to just say, like, congratulations to him for, you know, making a decision for his personal future, for his wife, for his soon-to-be child, all of these wonderful things that are to come. I'm sure he's going to be a, a phenomenal father and um, a awesome role model for his soon-to-be child. What I want to talk about is the reaction that the fans yes. had. I'm so, so glad you brought that up. So, so here's here's where I'm at. First of all, in no way am I defending what the people in Lucas Oil Stadium did in booing Andrew Luck off the field um, during that preseason game on whenever it was this weekend. And in, in no way is that appropriate, is that respectful, is that acknowledging what he's done for your team and organization. But I was out at dinner uh, with someone last night, and they brought up a really good point, and, and I want to share it with you guys. So he said that... If such announcement had happened in a more, um, you know, liberal, progressive side of the country, i.e. California or New York or, or wherever you want it to be, that it would be a much more, oh, you know, he's following his heart and he's following his passion and, you know, that's, that's fine, right? There wouldn't be this adverse reaction to it. But he thought that the reason why that came out is because Indianapolis is very much a kind of a blue-collar um, you know, a lot of, a lot of just people that are on the grind working every day. And for them, it's like, yeah, man, no one wants to go to work on a Monday morning. No one, you know, wants to put up with what they have to deal with or the fact that their body doesn't want to do it anymore, that they're mentally drained or exhausted. And he thought that that's the reason why the reaction was what it was. And I thought it was a very interesting point. I agree with a lot of what he's saying. I still think it's, hugely offensive and inappropriate and I'm ashamed to to kind of be an Indianapolis Colts fan part-time because I live here um, but I thought that that was some justification and I'd be interested to see what your guys' thoughts were well I mean honestly I think that shows a uh, tremendous amount of ignorance to anybody like if anything I, I disagree <sighs> I disagree so strongly because this is football land, right? You are in football country in the Midwest, sure. right? You've got a guy, Alex, you know what this is like. I know what this is like. A guy that has dedicated his entire existence to this sport, to this game, right? He has given up so much. He has sacrificed. He has worked hard. He was a first-round freaking draft pick. This guy had a Hall of Fame career on the books. I mean, Jim Irsay said it himself. If he played to the age of... You know, a, a Peyton Manning, an Aaron Rodgers, a Drew Brees. He was looking at four hundred to four hundred. Well, no, four hundred to four hundred fifty million dollars in career earnings that are being left on the table by Andrew choosing to retire. And, but it's not about the money for him. Like he's given his life to this game. He loves this game. For him to make the decision to step aside had to have been more difficult than any decision any of those people have ever had to make in their lives. Okay, can I counter and that? Like, can I counter that with one thing? Sure. You're 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 right. You're 100% right. 
but people, as we talked about earlier in this episode on the internet, are probably that say horrible things are probably the same people that are booing Andrew at the stadium. They don't see it as that. They see it as Andrew came from a very wealthy family, okay, has all of this money to fall back on, and because he's tired and burnt out, is just quitting and leaving their team high and dry. Yeah, again, though, I think if you watch the press conference, you see the emotion, you see the pain in this guy's face. Right. He's hurting. He doesn't want to do this. He has to do this. He's reached a breaking point, and no one no one has the right to say what anyone else's breaking point 100%. is. No, that, you that know? is So I, I, I see what you're saying, and, and I understand that that's probably a mindset that some people have taken. But I think to be essentially forced, your body has forced you out of this position. When your mind and your heart and your soul and your passion is still 100% in it, your body has made that decision for you. That is an incredibly difficult thing to accept. I give Andrew Luck nothing but the highest amount of praise for having the balls to do what he did. He could have sat there and suffered through it a little bit longer and taken a bunch more money from the city of Indianapolis and, sure. and there'd be no results to show for it. Um, but he didn't. He wasn't selfish. If anything, he was selfless and freeing up the opportunity for another young quarterback now to come and be developed and have that opportunity for his teammates to have the success that he wants them to have, for that organization to have the success that he wants them to have. I think Andrew Luck is a goddamn hero. I applaud him for it. We're going to miss him on the field. Um, but I think he's absolutely doing the right thing. I think anybody that booed him, man, you suck. You don't know what it's like to put your heart out there for a sport to entertain people and, 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 you know, embrace the city the way that he has. And then to just get crapped on like that in his, in his most, no, his weakest, most vulnerable it moment. It was terrible. Well, and, and the other thing is that I, I just want to add, I, I, I don't have the perspective you guys have, obviously. Um, but the organization no, owed him so much more. They didn't give him a good offensive line, so he got injured. They didn't have a backup quarterback or a plan in place. Like, I mean, I can't imagine Andrew Luck just showed up and announced his retirement. I'm sure the team knew that this was a possibility and this was coming. So the fact that, one, the team put him in the situation to put him in, and two, they put themselves in the situation now to not have a quarterback or a good quarterback going into this season, the, the team owed him a lot more than they than they gave him well well and that's that's a very good point because depending on what news article or quote you read the colts knew about this for for a couple weeks at least and there's a huge opinion going around that they didn't announce it because they were collecting all the final season ticket sales which is wild to think about but also very not surprising at all yeah not surprising at all but man, you'd think that you'd think that the revenue generated from having a good quarterback and a good season would be more than whatever you're going to make up in some last-minute ticket sales. I mean, yes, because James, people are never short-sighted and always have a long-term vision <laughs> in their mind. Right? Well, the I, problem is that there was probably no good like replacement, and so they're like, "All right, we're kind of screwed anyway, so let's just try to milk this for as much as we can." I think right. my favorite no, take I saw on it online was uh, Bob uh, Bob Pockrass. I'm, I might not be pronouncing that right. said, Andrew Luck should have known that the preferred Colts way of leaving abruptly is secretly packing a Mayflower truck in the middle of the night. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> but but funny. But yes, I think uh, as, a, as a member of this community, as an athlete, you know, fellow athlete in town here, uh, Andrew, I wish you all the best, you and Nicole, in the future. 
I hope he sticks around. I mean, I don't know what his plans are. I don't know if he's going to stay with the organization in some capacity and stay in Indy, or if he's he announced he's he announced he's staying in Indy. Awesome. That's that's really good to hear. Well, good, right. Alex. Uh, you, me, Becky, and Kelly will take him and Nicole to dinner and uh, and celebrate the next phase for him. If you guys want to invite yeah, me, you know, I'd I'd come for that dinner. No, no, absolutely, De- not. definitely not. I'm also, uh, Alex and I have a uh, fantasy football draft tomorrow night. Uh, I might actually text him and see if he can swing by and help me out because I don't understand fantasy football. Or hey, I can't stress this football. enough. Don't draft Andrew Luck. I don't know if he's going to be there. I can't not draft him. Right? I would I would definitely get the Colts kicker because uh, I think that guy's going to be doing a lot this season. <laughs> Probably. Draft Pat McAfee. They'll probably pull him back in. Make him go back. Well, I mean, I would, I would draft Vinatieri any day. For sure. Yeah. Because Vinatieri sure. is the go. But, he is. Right. Ex-Patriot, Vin- Super Bowl champion. You're right. <clears throat> Wait, oh, God. Yeah, and they cast him aside, and look what he's done. He's gone on to be an absolute Hall of Famer. Yes, with no more Super Bowls. You're welcome. <laughs> no, he got one with the Colts. Yeah. No. 06. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Vinatieri wasn't there in 06. The he Colts a- didn't win in 06. He was a Patriot. I thought the Colts did win in those. Yeah, the Colts won the, the Super no. Bowl in 2006. Well, January or February Adam 2007. Adam Vinatieri Super Bowl rings. Let's see. Colts won the Super Bowl yep. in 2007. No, he won three with the Patriots and one with the Colts in 06. You're right. Yeah, so yeah. hang on. Yeah, the game was in 07, but it's the 06 season, so I was right about that. Right, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I was at that wow. game. Wow. Yeah, he's the man. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's got some, and he's like 45, I think, now. He's like just, the Scott Dixon of football. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. The upsetting thing must is Scott neat. Dixon's probably that good at kicking, too. Probably. <laughs> must must be need to be good at something. <clears throat> I was standing in the gym today, and Sounds Scott exhausting. Dixon just started, he just started juggling balls. And I'm like, you can juggle, too, man? Like, come on. This is so not fair. Yeah, perfect wife, perfect family, good at everything except basketball. It's got to be kind of nice to juggle. Scott Dixon. But he can juggle. On that bombshell, ladies and gentlemen, another wonderful episode of Off Track. Attention, Rossi, in the books. Tim was here, too. Sorry about that. We'll see you in a couple weeks with one race to go. One more thing for the fans. Fanimation fans, that is. Fanimation ceiling fans are fans of fans. They've immersed themselves in both the art and science of fan making, considering every detail of design and functionality. Today, their fans are the perfect fusion of an age-old craft and the latest technological advancements. With artful styles, efficient air movement, and unprecedented convenience and control, Fanimation fans provide an air of distinction in any space. Their fans are sold across the USA and around the world, but their headquarters is right here in Indiana. Go to Fanimation.com to find out where you can get your very own Fanimation fan today. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to at producer Thim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean thing.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.